You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, 49er faithful? This is Odyssey Sports, 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast. I am Brian Rennick. I am joined by the legendary Al Sacco. Uh, Zane Nackfee is on the IR today. Hopefully he will be back for our episode on Wednesday. Uh, but we are here to discuss all things Brock Purdy and nothing but Brock Purdy on this episode. No, what a performance by the 49ers. What a performance by that defense. And uh, Brock Purdy definitely, definitely did not seem like the moment was too big for him for the second week in a row. Al, how did you feel watching that game? I'm trying to remember the last time I got as pumped up as I did in that game. <laughs> and I feel like especially the past couple of years, I just look at everything very even keel, very like, all right, let's see what happens next. Um, I kind of miss having that sort of fan vibe to things a little bit. And I kind of had it in this game and it was hard for me not to get excited. Um, and it's not anything against anybody else, not against anything against Trey Lance. It's not anything against Jimmy Garoppolo. There's just something about this dude. There's just something about the story. There's just something about him going out there and the team with the seventh round last pick in the draft yeah first start putting an absolute ass whooping on tampa bay Bay. it wasn't like oh they played pretty well they won the game from the word go they whooped their ass and it was Mm -hmm. just awesome and the touchdown at the end of the half to make it 28 nothing just throwing a dime like you're just like you know he's getting crushed and just flinging it out there and it's a touchdown and i was just like hell yeah dude like that was awesome i don't remember the last time i've been that as that excited in the first half of a game yeah you know that that's a great point you know i've i've tried since you know since becoming you know a content creator i hate saying that i hate saying like that this is anything other than you know, fans coming together and and talking about their favorite football team. But, you know, I really have tried to remove myself a little bit uh, in terms of uh, my fandom in order to be, I would say, a little bit more even keel in how I view the team and in in how I view the moves that they make, all that stuff, right? Trying to take a little bit of the fan out of it. But for whatever reason, this Brock Purdy thing, I mean, you know, we got the shirts. I started selling the shirts. You know, I made that like, there's just something about 
the excitement of, of what this is. And, and I, I really can't, I can't put my finger on it, but I just know that it's exciting. And I know that it has gotten the entire fan base excited. And there are some ridiculous conversations happening and we don't need to get into things like that. But what I am excited to talk about is just how dominant this team is currently and what that means moving forward, at least this season. We don't need to look forward to 2023 uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm riding this Brock Purdy hype train until the wheels fall off. And it, it feels like that's going to be the playoffs. It doesn't even feel that way. It is going to be the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The question is how far can they get in the playoffs? You, you know, and, and just to go stay back on the quarterback thing, cause it is relevant in a sense that you talked about how excited you are. I talked about how excited I am and whether it happened on purpose or just organically or whatever, Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo and the way that Jimmy Garoppolo has become this polarizing figure. It's sort of been a stress. It's sort of been, it hasn't been fun. It's like us against them. It's, it's, it's a weird vibe. You're still rooting for the team, but even when they do well, there's like these anti Jimmy people and pro Jimmy people and anti Trey people and pro Trey people. And it's, it's kind of messed up, man. Like, and it's yeah. just kind of grown into that the last two years. And I think with Purdy, you just have, just a dude everybody's kind of rooting for like kind of behind him again, because no matter what he does, Brian, for the rest of his career, whether he flames out in the next few games, whether he's the starter for the next 10 years, whether he's a solid, whatever it is, it's all house's money. Absolutely. All yeah. of it. And nobody can really come in and say like, Oh, well, he's, he's a bust or this. That. No, he, nobody expects anything out of this guy ever. And for him to do what he's doing. And I do want to talk about the team because it is, it is crazy, I think, where I think they could be headed. But I do mm. want to throw some Purdy stats out there. Because, yeah. again, you just keep hearing these things. And let me start, I guess, when the game started, the first play he checks he checks out of the play, and yeah. he just checks into a sack, basically, right? And you're and, just uh, like, oh. A crown of the helmet into his ear hole. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then he throws the second play. It looked like maybe Debo wasn't looking when he threw it out in the flat. And you're like, all mm-hmm. right, what's going on? But that was mm-hmm. it. That was the, yeah. that was the hiccup. That was all, and he continues to look the part, right, in every way. And he's he's the first rookie in the Super Bowl era with at least two TD passes, one rushing TD, and a passer rating of at least one twenty five in their first career start. Now, this this was a stat that really stuck out to me. And again, it started with the polarizing stuff. And I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you why the polarizing stuff doesn't matter. It's not about mm-hmm. him versus Jimmy. It's right. It's about what this does for the team. So Benjamin Solak tweeted this out and a fan named Andrew Mott actually brought it to my attention because I hadn't seen Mm -hmm. it. Thank thank him for that. Uh, Purdy's two TD passes were 20 plus yards downfield outside the numbers. That's as many as Garoppolo had in the last two years. Three years. Is it three Three years? years. Okay. Three years. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I, I think a lot of people understood it, but then you had some people chiming in like, well, it's not about him versus Jimmy and Jimmy wins. Well, no, here's, here's why it's relevant. It's relevant because the Niners now it's a different element to the offense. Yeah. And if they're getting plays like that, it's a different element to the offense. The 49ers had three touchdowns of 25 plus yards in this game. Do you know how many they had in the previous 12 games? Seven. Okay. That's it. And they were all against. I was going to guess less. So <laughs> I actually thought it would be less too, yeah. but they had three against Arizona, three against the Rams and oh, one yeah. against Seattle. Yeah. So this is a new element to the offense that may change things. We've been bitching about them not scoring, 
well, they've put up 68 points the last two games and 65 of that was with Purdy in in seven plus quarters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's a little bit of what we talked about when it came to Trey Lance in this offense, right? We, we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo and why Jimmy Garoppolo has been successful in this offense. And he's been successful in this offense because he's incredibly efficient and that's great. And there's, there's, I, I, I'm not going to disparage that because that's awesome. Uh, in fact, I saw something, uh, Robert Mays of the athletic NFL show. I love Robert stuff, uh, him and Nate Tice. Uh, but he posted something, uh, it was yesterday. It was either yesterday or Saturday. And if, if you rank the, uh, <clears throat> the top quarterbacks with at least 100 passing attempts, if you rank them in terms of EPA per play mm-hmm. of the top 25 Four of them, four of them are Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, Trey Lance, and CJ Beathard. Can you Mm -hmm. believe that? CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins, right? We're talking in history. We're not talking recently. We're talking in history, EPA per play, which means expected points added. It's an efficiency metric. Kyle Shanahan's offense is built on efficiency, but the problem is, is if for whatever reason the offense cannot get to that efficiency level, either because the defense they're playing is is outstanding or the game plan that the defensive coordinator that they're facing put together is, you know, it, it has has really befuddled Shanahan, whatever the case may be. With Jimmy Garoppolo, if he doesn't have efficiency, he doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Now with Trey Lance. What we said was, he's not going to be as efficient as Jimmy Garoppolo. We already knew that going in. He's not going to be. That's not part of his game. But what he can be is more dangerous in picking up chunk yardage, right? More dangerous in the deeper levels of the field, where Mm -hmm. if you can attack there, then your inability to be efficient gets masked a little bit because you are picking up chunk plays. You're getting long touchdowns, things like that. It genuinely feels like, Brock Purdy in the eight quarters that he's played now, seven and a half, whatever, has a little bit of a mix of both, which would be incredible, right? He has the moxie to go deep where Jimmy doesn't, but he also has the wherewithal to read the field, make the right read, and get the ball where it needs to go. And that's where Trey is struggling. And I think that comes from Purdy's experience at the college level, four years as a starter, right? And so it's almost like the best of both worlds, right? You've got the the big, from what we've seen so far, the big playability of Trey Lance married with the efficiency of Jimmy Garoppolo. And now you've got Brock Purdy. Now, again, Small sample size. We're talking two games. Right. But that, to me, is what's most exciting. And you look at the way they just came out and just, again, put it on. They did have film on him now. It's not like they came in where they had it, I mean, a lot of film on him, but at least they sure. something to see. And they came out and just blew the doors off Tampa, Tampa Bay in the first half, up 28 nothing. They outgained them 290 to 11 in the first half. They had 19 first downs to Tampa Bay's five. And Purdy was 14 of 18 for 185 and two touchdowns. And did he make mistakes? Yeah, he threw an interception that got called back. Mm-hmm. But what did he do the next, whatever, however, it was a play or two after whatever. Next he, play. No, the, the very next play, next play was the IU touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. Like, just shake it off. 
That was, and it wasn't out. I was saying, I tweeted that earlier today. That was my favorite. That was my favorite moment in the entire game was his ability to shake that off and literally throw a touchdown of 25 plus air yards, Mm -hmm. the next play to Brandon Ayuk. And it wasn't something that was, Hey, Kyle drew it up. He's running wide open where he had, he got hammered and he, he just saw something and he, Chucked it down there, and, and there you go. And that's the type of plays we we haven't seen out of this offense. We haven't. Well, and what I heard, I would say I listened to 49ers talk with Matt Mayoko and Jennifer Lee Chan yesterday after the game, and uh, I believe it was it, I, it was a, one of them. Uh, Ayuk was asked about that play, and he said that play wasn't even in the game plan. That was something that either Bobby Slowick or Kyle Shanahan saw on the sideline and said, you know what, we have this play in our arsenal. It's not in our game plan. Let's use this one right now. Let's let's take advantage of it. And so that's what they did. It's that 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 uh, what they call a sluggo, a slant go. Right? Ayuk hmm. uh, fakes the slant and then goes. And I, I know that I know that that ball died to Ayuk. He had to wait for it and then turned around to run it in. But I think part of that was Purdy had <laughs> Purdy didn't have anywhere to step up. Right? There was literally a guy down, bearing yeah. down on him. He got he got lit up on that play. He couldn't step fully into it. And so he got as much as he could. If he had more runway, more room to step up, I think he would have led Ayuk. And so again, does, does Purdy have the biggest arm? Absolutely not. Does he have enough arm to succeed in this offense? It, it, it seems that he does. It looks that way. And, and again, with the scoring thing now, so the Niners, the Niners had started to get it going a, a little bit prior to Purdy going in, but it was still inconsistent. So they put up 31 on the Rams and we said, okay, Let's pump the brakes because it's the Rams. And then they put up 22 on the Chargers, and that was a slog. Then they come out of Arizona, and it looks like they're firing on all cylinders, right? They look great. But then the next week against New Orleans again, it's just 13 points. Well, now the last two weeks, they've had really no trouble scoring at at all. And we'll see now. We'll get into this Debo stuff in a a little while and and update on that and and talk about what we think of it. But what you're seeing is is maybe maybe this guy – and again, he could flame out. We don't know. Sure. But maybe he's just exactly what Kyle's been looking for. He 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 doesn't have the mobility of Trey, but he could run. He could he could run around. More mobility than Jimmy. Way more. Much more than Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. But he's got more than Jimmy. So it's you yeah. know, he could run around a little bit. So it's a little bit meat in the middle there. He's got he's got Moxie. Jimmy's got some Moxie. Purdy's got a lot of Moxie. Yeah. Purdy's gonna go, Purdy's gonna make plays downfield that Jimmy won't. Uh, but he's gonna be more efficient you know, in the intermediate than Lance would be. So maybe he's just exactly what, what, what they're looking for. So, and we'll get into, I, you know what? I hope we have that problem. I hope in two months we're talking about what the hell are we going to do next year? I, I really yeah. do. I, I hope that it we, we have a that. comment here. This is just imagine how good Trey can be once he gets that experience. And that's been, that's been it, right? That's maybe. been the argument. That's maybe. been the argument for Trey. He just doesn't have the experience. Now the problem is if Purdy leads them to the promised land and brings home number six, Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's likely going to be a quarterback competition, but I would imagine Purdy would have the leg up, but we'll Here's see. It. Obviously that, and that's a problem. Like you said, Al, I would absolutely love to have, love it. I would cool. love to have that problem where we've got this rookie quarterback that led us to a sixth Lombardi. And we've got this third year uh, starter who we spent a boatload of capital on, but ultimately doesn't matter. No. Cause we brought home number six. Did he bring it home? No, but again, does that matter? And and to me, the answer is is no. Now, do I think that Trey should have an opportunity to win the job? A hundred percent. And and I think that that it is a meritocracy, and he will. But mm-hmm. 
you know, this kid, again, small sample size, right? Mm -hmm. And we're not trying to be wet blankets here. I'm the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train. I will continue to hype this kid till, like I said, the wheels fall off. But it it does feel different with him on the field than it did with Trey and than it did with Jimmy, which I think is interesting. Yeah, right. There's something to that. That's yeah. undeniable in this Tampa Bay defense. Yeah. Tampa hasn't been really good this year, but a lot of that's been because of the offense. Tampa Bay now has, they are the, the Bucks scoring percentage on defense is 29.6. There's only one better defense in the league scoring percentage wise. And that's 49ers. Yeah. So this was not a defense that you're going through. That was an awful defense that you just cut there off. Have, they were there have, very good defense. There have very been two. Defense. There have been two teams this season that have scored thirty or more points on the Bucks, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs and the, Niners, and yep. the Brock Purdy led San Francisco 49ers. This it, is it, not it, a good. This is not a bad defense. It's the best defense he's going to see the rest of the way. The next best will be Washington, but Washington's still not as good as as Tampa Bay has been this season. So yeah. it'll be. And, I, I don't know. I hey. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like, awesome. I mean, we do we do 49ers content, obviously. Yeah. There's no the other teams don't give you this constant, it's drama in content. It's always something new with the 49ers to talk about. It's crazy. I've never seen a team like this. It's they're just a, a, literally a reality TV show. Whether it's a good thing, a bad thing, a crazy thing, it's just it's just always crazy with them. But we'll see. Now Purdy's got an oblique injury that they say he's day-to-day. So is yeah. he gonna play Thursday? We hope so. I, I mean, my God, if they <laughs> If they're on their fourth quarterback this season, I, I it's just it, it's listen, so frustrating. But. Listen, I said I said this earlier. After all of the all all of the of the you know goodwill storylines, the the teams that are surprising, it, you know halfway through the year, the Seahawks. I I I put on record that at halfway through the season, I thought Pete Carroll deserved uh, Coach of the Year uh, recognition. Now that now that those teams have have kind of come back to fallen fallen down to earth a little bit there is 100% a discussion to be had about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch winning coach of the year and executive of the executive of the year for what they have done with this 49ers team in 2022 how many other teams in the NFL would be leading their division with a chance to clinch it on December, today's the 12th, so the 15th, December mm-hmm. 15th. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com on their third quarterback of the season. That's unheard of. Yeah, It's, it's unheard insane. of. 
just what they've done with this team, how they've built this team, how they've coached this team. I, I, I just can't, I cannot say enough about it. And I'm so impressed. And I did want to highlight one other thing. Again, when we talk about Brock Purdy and, and why is this working? Brock Purdy was seven of eight for 109 yards and two touchdowns when pressured. You can't get better than that. You can't. You can't get better than that. So this kid, in second star yeah. And so this insane. kid, this kid isn't isn't faced. He isn't faced by what he sees. Was that interception bad? A hundred percent. But we also expect that. And I, mm-hmm. I, I expected him to throw an interception going into the game. So the fact that he came out without one, super impressed as well. Yeah. So you know, and there's more to this offense, and I and and I do want to get into it just because I I think it's important to talk about, but. Man, this this kid and, and and Kyle Shanahan, just just so many kudos to the both of them. And I've been very vocal about what I expect from Kyle because I, yeah. I've always been a Kyle guy. But I said, listen, at some point you got to start winning games consistently, and he's done essentially what he needed to do. I think in the sense that he's now got them; they'll make the playoffs. He's got them with a winning record in in the playoffs three of the last four years, right? So now it's something that it's not, oh, they won one year and they had two losing seasons and they had another good season. No, now they're, now they're consistent. Now it's a theme. Yeah. Through the last four years, they've had winning records. And so now I think, I think you're good. And now let's try to keep moving forward and let's try to get a ring. But I just want them to be there every year because they should be with the coaching staff and the roster. And they are. So like you said, kudos, definitely kudos to Kyle with that. I do have to bring up, because this is a huge controversy, and I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I think people are going to have different opinions, and I'm fine with both. The Debo Samuel injury. And news came today, Debo's going to be back this season, is what it said. So this looks they like... They've regular like, season. They said regular, regular season. season. Yeah. I, yes, regular I, season. I mean, personally, I think he should be out to the playoffs, but that is what they said, yeah. Yeah, so maybe worst case scenario, it is the first round of the playoffs if they say, hey, we're going to hold you out. But he's going to be back. And it's not anywhere near as bad as it looked. When yeah. he was on the ground oh, and, pain was, and crying and everything else, like it was, we're great. like, shit, shit, it's done. It's over. I watched and, that and I was like, that's a season ender. I mean, it was disgusting. Yeah, it looked, looked it was terrible. disgusting what happened to his leg. It looked terrible. I, yeah. I can't imagine how something didn't, you know, thankfully he, he he's good to go or he will be good to go. Can but, I, can I tell you why I genuinely believe that he avoided injury? Why is it's, that? His, it's his thickness. It, like legitimately the oh, muscular yeah, nature of his lower half. Yeah. Muscle, you know, muscle is always, you know, if, if you ever have a ligament tear, uh, if you ever have to go through surgery for a joint, when you rehab, what they have you rehab are the muscles surrounding it to support it better. There isn't a more muscular lower half for build on that 49ers team than, than Debo Samuel. And, and I genuinely believe it is that factor that, you know, his thickness, so to speak, that, that helped him avoid injury that, and Levi's is a grass surface because if that was on, if that was on turf, that would have been a devastating injury. So thankful, you know, thankful today for grass surface at Levi stadium. If you have chicken legs like me, your leg breaks. <laughs> what a snap. With our snap right there. <laughs> but, but you know what? So there was a lot of, again, anger that why you running Debo up the middle up 21, nothing Jerry Rice, I believe it was on his Instagram please stop running our skill players up the middle. Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, now DJ Samuel, all hurt. Debo Samuel, all hurt. So people definitely fall on both sides of the fence with this. One, people are like, it's football. That's what Debo made his money with last year. Yeah. They like to run him. He's a wide back. 
it was only 21 nothing and Kyle brought up afterwards you, you know the 28-3 game in the Super sure. Bowl Atlanta last year against, against Detroit. Tom Brady. So he's still he's still trying to trying to win the game. Yeah. Completely that's fine. But the other side of it is what what there's other things you could do there to win the game. Why are you running them up the middle? There's a reason running back shelf life is very they don't have a long shelf life. There's a reason people don't like to pay running backs because they get hurt because of that, because they're running into the teeth of the defense. So there's an argument on both sides. So I'm not going to say that and be wishy-washy. I'll, I'll tell you where I stand on it. I'd prefer they don't unless it's in a big spot. So if you're in the playoffs, all bets are off. If it's a big game end of the season, you need for all bets are off here and there, but, but it hasn't really been working this season anyway, when they've been running them up the middle, much better on the edges anyway. Um, and I don't love it. I don't love them doing it with Lance because not that I feel people are like, oh, well, they run Lamar and they run Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. If you watch those guys run, those guys are runners. They avoid contact. Yeah. They slide. Yeah. Trey Lance kind of stumbles and then runs into people as hard as he can. He was, it was whether it's Lance's fault or Kyle's fault for telling, telling him he needs to not telling him he needs to stop, whatever. It, that was going to happen, it seemed like. So I'm more on the side of, be cautious. Don't do that if you don't need to. I would have preferred something else. But also, if you said to me, Al, it was 21 nothing. Kyle's just trying to make a play there. Okay. I see where you're coming from there, too. So I do see yeah. both sides of it. For me, personally, I prefer to mitigate risk. That's my personal preference on, on that. Um, I don't like running stars up the middle like that. I think you have to try to protect them and sometimes maybe protect them from themselves. Um but I could see both sides. So I don't know where you are on it, but I, it was definitely a big controversy and I think it will continue to be, but yeah, I, I actually am on the opposite side. Um, not the opposite. I mean, your side is measured. I'm saying those that are, you know, gnashing their teeth at, at Kyle Shanahan for running Debo couple things. One, that was not a designed up the middle run that, that run was designed to go to the outside and instead of following his lead blocker, who was George Kittle, Debo saw an opening and cut back in the middle. So one, he didn't run him up the middle. So for everyone that is that is crying on Twitter, stop running your stars up the middle. He didn't. Debo made that choice. Now, second, Debo made that choice because he's not a running back. If he were a running back, he would have followed his blockers because that's what you're supposed to do. So there is a little bit of, if you can't trust that he's going to follow his blockers, then perhaps you need to start dialing back those runs a little bit. Because like you said, when you do run up the middle, you do increase your injury chances. Mm -hmm. Now, the type of the type of injury that happened, that could have happened down the field. Sure. What happened was he got pulled down from behind and rolled and rolled up the back of his legs right now. Granted the guy that did it weighed 300 pounds and a DB or a linebacker is going to weigh less than that. So maybe that doesn't happen, but at the same time, it is just, it's a, it's a, I'm not going to say a bad tackle. They didn't do it on purpose, but it's just an unfortunate situation. Yeah. And so to me, what Kyle Shanahan was doing is, is what he has been doing since the Christian McCaffrey trade, which is, or since the Christian McCaffrey trade and since Mitchell came off IR the first time before he went back on the second time, it seems to me that, in, that Kyle Shanahan's game plan is to run Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel in the first half to get a lead and then run Elijah Mitchell and now Jordan Mason and 
Tevin Coleman and Ty Davis price, whatever in the second half to ice the game and run the clock out. That's what he was doing. It was still the first half. They were up 21, nothing. Great. Your defense is awesome. Yes. Still have Tom Brady on the other side. You're not going to sit on your laurels because here's the thing. Those people that are crying about Kyle Shanahan running Debo Samuel up the middle would have also been crying about Kyle Shanahan and how conservative he is if he wasn't doing those things and they ended up losing that game, right? So you can't have it both ways. You can't have aggressive Kyle and conservative Kyle. Now, can you have aggressive Kyle with a little bit of a, I, I would say a, a cautious approach to personnel? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what but I at would the say. Sa- but at the same time, one thing that I think is fascinating, and, and we aren't going to see this until Debo comes back, when when the when the 49ers got Christian McCaffrey, what it really did for Kyle Shanahan was completely unlock 21 personnel. 21 personnel is two running backs and one tight end on the field. So when the 49ers run 21 personnel, more often than not, that's Kyle Juszczyk and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, George Kittle at tight end, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel out wide. The advantage in that is that the opposing defense will have to be in base when that happens, right? That means if they're running a four, three, then they've got four down linemen, three linebackers on the field. If they're running a three, four, they've got the three down linemen, the four linebackers on the field, right? They don't have a nickel corner. They don't have an extra safety, right? Because in 21 personnel, you're running the ball. The advantage that Kyle Shanahan has is in 21 personnel, he can motion to empty, meaning that he can send use check and McCaffrey out into the routes. And all of a sudden you have five viable pass catchers out in the route in, in, in the game on Sunday, when SF, when San Francisco had five players out in the pattern, Purdy was 12 of 14 for 142 yards. Wow. It was a massive advantage. It is a massive advantage. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about, can we, can we fix personnel? If you bring Jordan Mason on the field for 21 personnel, He's not going out in a pattern. So you're you're almost, I guess, giving away your play call by saying, look, they're probably going to run the ball. Look, Jordan Mason's on the field. Whereas if you're in 21 personnel and Christian McCaffrey's on the field, you have no idea. You have no idea what's going to happen with that play. And so that is part of it is to, to keep that advantage. Now you motion Debo into the backfield and you run Debo or you run McCaffrey, you go to empty and you, right? So it's all of that chess that he's playing. And so I I think part of it is there is no bigger advantage in the NFL than the 49ers 21 personnel package. There isn't one. There isn't Mm -hmm. a a, a more skilled 21 package in the NFL. And I don't think he wants to go away from that. Now, it'll be interesting to see moving forward until Debo comes back, what that looks like. Who is that second? Is it Juwan Jennings? Is it Danny Gray? I don't know. Uh, but, or is it Ray Ray McLeod? Right. And yeah. it's probably going to be a rotation of those guys, but, but I think that's why. And so I'm not upset that Kyle Shanahan called that run. I am upset that Debo got hurt, but Debo could have got hurt on any number of plays. Debo could have got hurt. What if he got hurt on a tunnel screen? What if he got hurt on a jet sweep? Are we still talking about it? Probably not. But why we're mad is because it was a handoff and he ended up cutting it back in the middle. And to yeah. me, that's just, at, at that point, you're 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 looking for things to get mad at. So does it suck that Debo got hurt? Absolutely. But that's part of how he earned his money. 
he's making as much as he is because of what he did last year as a running back. Don't you kind of have to think, though, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I don't think what anything you're saying is wrong. You're paying him that much money. He can do things on the outside. Don't you want to avoid running him? I know he I know he cut back, and you're right. I guess I didn't really think about that. He did cut back on that. Don't you yeah. kind of want to try to avoid that? Don't, you know, I mean, it, it's, again, it's just it, devil's advocate, and I think yeah, valid, not even arguments, just questions, right? It's okay to just sure. question things. Maybe would something else have been better there? I agree. I don't think, like, if you're – you know, clenching your fist and you're angry at Kyle. I think that's misplaced. I yeah. I, I do. It's more of like, it's not like he ran 25 times into the heart of the defense, but right. at the same point, it's like, should you be doing that? I'm just kind of, I don't know. It was one of those things where I just said, I thought about it for a, a while last night and I mm-hmm. just like, I can see both sides. I do go more to the side of being cautious, but I definitely see both sides. Yeah. And the Trey Lance thing, I just think made people kind of, all right. Sure. You know, we don't want to see this again. We saw it, yeah. and, and here we go again. But and we'll again, see, Trey, Trey Lance got injured. He was what almost ten yards downfield when he got tackled. Right, and again, it the wasn't way, the that way he got tackled at the line of scrimmage. You can blame it on the play calls or the way he runs. He was going to get mm-hmm. hurt just because. Yeah, again, for sure. I, I do. You just watch the way. Watch Lamar run. Watch how he avoids contact. And he's just a much better athlete than Trey. Lance right, is. Justin Fields. You don't really hit these guys. Lance was just getting popped every single time. It was just, so again, maybe it's, it's where Kyle had to save him from himself or just stop. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens when he comes back, but that's a conversation for another day. This episode is supported by FX's clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owners, racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Christian McCaffrey, Brian, one, <laughs> does this guy look freaking good in the uniform? Mm-hmm. He looks like he was born to do this on this team. And yes. since he's come before he was traded for, they were averaging 20.7 points per game in a negative 0.04 EPA. Since 28.7 points per game, 7.5 EPA. He has been there all everything. He finally broke out running the ball. 14 carries, 119 yards. He added two catches for 34 yards, two total TDs. The guy is making things go. He is a phenomenal player. We all, we knew he was really good, but how much do you really watch the Panthers, you know, for fantasy and things like that? He's one of those people watching him play day to day or week to week, I should say. You're like, yeah. The joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is awesome. Like this yeah. is, this is a special player who's making things go around him. And it's just, it's really cool to see. And it's, it's really cool to think what they can do with him. He has 11 games now with the Russian and reception TV TD, only Jim Brown, um, I'm sorry. He's tied with Jim Brown in yeah. for fourth all time, and Marshall Falk leads with 15 all time. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna break that record playing with San Francisco. Look that way. He may I, break I think it. It's he's... almost easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. he's like he's just what Kyle's been chasing. Kyle's been chasing a guy like that. He's been he tried to do that with Jarek McKinnon. 
Mm-hmm. And, and now he's got him. And it looks like it was a phenomenal trade. And especially with Debo down for the next few weeks here, at least now he can be, he, he's still going to have matchup problems because McCaffrey's out there. The mm-hmm. only thing I want to say in this kind of McCaffrey's, I don't know if it was his first run, but the long run he had on the first drive, uh, Debo's touchdown was the next one. If you watch mm-hmm. that play, the blocks that Kittle and Juszczyk throw on that were, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. And other teams just don't have guys like that right. that can do things like that. And that right. was the first thing that stuck out to me is like use check Kittle pulls and use check comes and makes this block. And you're like, Whoa, that's your tight end and your fullback. Just basically helping to break that play open. And they just have so many guys that can do so many little things. The receivers block. Well, this team, when it's hitting on all cylinders and with a player like McCaffrey can be really hard to stop. And we're starting to see that now. And it's really exciting. Yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about Christian McCaffrey today specifically um, just because uh, again, you think about you think about where this team was right prior to this trade, and um, I'm hoping I'm hoping I make it on uh, Robert. So I, I mentioned Robert Mays earlier. He hosts the athletic or the athletics NFL show, right? Um, and when they do a mailbag, they do email questions, or you can call in to a uh, a voicemail and ask your question. And so I asked this question to him specifically. So I'm hoping I make it on the pod. We'll see. But has there been, because to me, the answer is no, And but I'm not also a football historian, but has there been a, a more impactful trade, mid-season trade in NFL history than this trade that the 49ers made to bring Christian McCaffrey in? Because here's the thing, Christian McCaffrey, since coming to San Francisco, the team is six and one, right? That, that lone loss being that Chiefs loss, he had been there for two days, right? right? It is what it is. Since that Chiefs loss, they've won six in a row. They're undefeated. I don't know if it's Christian McCaffrey or if it's the Niner Red Jordan ones that I started wearing <laughs> right after there. I, probably a combination of both, but I digress. Here's the thing. Christian McCaffrey, uh, on offense, right? So San Francisco's offensive DVOA prior to the McCaffrey trade, they were 21st in the NFL at minus 3.7%, which means that they were worse than an average NFL offense, right? With DVOA, 0% is average. A positive DVOA means you're better than average. A negative DVA means you're worse than average, except when it comes to defense, you want to be negative on defense. That means that you're affecting the game. They were 21st at minus 3.7%. Post-trade, so from weeks seven till now, and, and this is, I imagine is going to go up because they don't have their numbers out yet because we still have Monday night. Uh, so I believe that they will, they will go up. But before that adjustment, since the Christian McCaffrey trade, the 49ers defense or uh, offensive DBO is fourth at plus 22%. So that is a 25% swing from pre-McCaffrey to post-McCaffrey specifically within that time frame, they are second in past DVOA at plus 51.1%, which is behind only the Chiefs who are at 52%. He has quite literally transformed the entire San Francisco 49ers offense. Without Christian McCaffrey, we are not having any of these conversations. And that's what he's done to this offense. And it's just incredible to think about. And it's incredible to think specifically 
the 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 parallel between Bill Walsh saying my offense finally clicked when I got Roger Craig and now Kyle Shanahan saying my offense finally clicked when I got Christian McCaffrey and what do those two have in common they are far and away the best receiving running backs in the NFL bar none Christian McCaffrey is a better receiver than some of the wide receivers in the NFL that's how good he is Yep. That's how good he is. His route running is better than 60% of the wide receivers in the NFL. It's bonkers. And so, and, and I think it all comes back to that, that multiplicity within 21 personnel, the ability to attack base defenses with your 21 personnel, which is typically a running personnel. It's been awesome. I, 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 I cannot, I cannot express enough how much, how fun this offense is with Christian McCaffrey in it. Yeah, and he's just been such a safety valve as well in the passing game. In addition to big plays, he's been targeted 43 times. He's got 35 catches. He's got 124 total touch, touches since joining the 49ers, 742 yards from scrimmage and 60 Ds. He's just been a beast. Absolutely. Beast. Beast. So I love when, when we go through this, Brian, and we talk after a show and like after a game and mm-hmm. talk about the offense and the quarterback for so long. And this legendary defense is just an afterthought. It just yeah. continues to be an afterthought. This defense that has given up now, I mean, just they've given up 19 points or less in 11 of 13 games, 11 of 13, 19 or less, six of 13, 11 or less. And on the season, the team itself has given up 15.1 points per game. That's it. That's it. And you look at, again, it's in a game where I thought Bosa should have had a sack on that play where Brady looked like his knee was down when he threw it away, but yeah, they don't have any sacks. But so, you know, Bosa doesn't jump off the stat sheet, but you look, well, who else contributed? Dre Green, Dre Greenlaw was unbelievable in this game. Oh my God. So good. In interception. interception. He's, he's quickly becoming. And a Tom Brady autograph. And, and a Tom Brady autograph. And good for good on Brady because. <laughs> for sure. For those who don't know, Greenlaw. Good sport, yeah. And actually Fred Warner was there too. They went up to him after the game and was like, hey, it was an honor. And Greenlaw asked him to sign the ball that he intercepted. And Brady he, could have been like, get the hell out of my face. Yeah, face-to-face. get the hell out of it. Yeah, what, what are was, you talking about? He was, he was polite to him. He also he signed it. Brady also signed Juwan Jennings' jersey. I saw that. He saw oh, him, did he really? Number, yeah. So that's, you know, yeah. that's that's cool. I mean, he doesn't have to do that stuff, especially no. with how competitive yeah. Brady is. I'm sure he was pissed. But even Brady said they got their ass whooped. Yeah. And you don't see Tom Brady look that bad. Even in, even in the season like this where they haven't been playing well, again, yeah. he just they couldn't do anything. You know, you have the touchdown that get, that got called back. Things happen during the course of a game. But for the most part, again, this defense just just absolutely stifled them. There was nothing happening. They had another that, half of football shutout. It was the first half instead of the second half, but they still shut a team out in, in a half of football again. Yeah. Again. And, and that's just where where I just unbelievable really excited about the rest of the season because the defense is so good. Now, am I a little bit nervous because there's some injuries on the interior? Um, Ridgeway is out. Kevin Givens is now going to be out. out yeah. um, there's some injuries in the second there. So there are some things to be worried about. You got to hope they can get Kinlaw back for the playoffs. You got to hope Givens Sh- can get back for the playoffs. So Shanahan okay. said, Shanahan said today that they expect Javon Kinlaw to start practicing after the Seattle game. So next week. So that's good news, but you're right. There's injuries. And, and then Dante Johnson, uh, the barnacle yes. was elevated for this game was playing special teams towards ACL, which is, a bummer. And Ambry Thomas is dealing with, I believe, an ankle issue. 
And mm-hmm. Samuel Womack has already been ruled out on Thursday with a concussion. Yeah. So I say all that to say, how good does that Janoris Jenkins practice squad signing look now that we have all these injuries, right? Now, all of a yeah. sudden, instead of Joe Blow off the street, you've got a legitimate veteran presence that you can elevate from the practice squad with, you know, Womack being out with Johnson being out and mm-hmm. with, uh, with Thomas being hobbled. And as far as the interior goes, that is the one to me, that's the one that I'm most concerned about uh, because they've already elevated T Y McGill. Um, and, and there really isn't anybody else. There isn't anybody else in the practice squad for them to bring up. They really, really, really need Javon Kinlaw to be able to play. And so hopefully he will, um, but if if they could get Kinlaw to play and they still have T.Y. McGill and then you've got so you've got Armstead and Kinlaw and T.Y. McGill and then you've got Kerry Hyder who rotates in. Sounds mm-hmm. like his injury took him out of the game. But if it was a you know, if it, if it was a playoff game, he would have been able to come back in. So I think he'll be OK. You know, so you've got Hyder who rotates through. You've got a who who jumps in Drake Jackson who jumps in. Right. So the way that they rotate, I think they're going to be OK. But that that interior depth is is pretty much gone now. Yeah, and th- that can be a little bit scary because if there's one thing that can derail this team, it's it's injuries. Yeah, that, that's really all I can see that can hurt them. The one thing that I thought a couple again talking about this defense, some stats that I found interesting. Um, in the nine wins that the 49ers have, their average margin of victory is 18 points. So in the nine wins that they've had this season, they've beaten their opponent by three scores or more. And during their during the six game win streak, right, which started uh, after that Chiefs game, they've given up 67 points, uh, which is a 10.7 point average. So they're giving up on average 10.7 points a game. And during the six game win streak, the offense has been scoring 28.7 points. So they've they've been beating their they've been beating these teams by by two scores. They've and it and again it, it just comes down to there hasn't been an offense yet this season outside of the chiefs, which seems like it was a wake up call or an aberration more than anything that has really been able to do anything against this defense. And it's, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch good defensive football dismantle good offenses like the dolphins. We broke Tua. Did you see Tua on, <laughs> on Sunday night? Yep. D'Amico Ryan set showed people what to do. Show yeah, people what to do. Press those receivers, mm-hmm. take away the middle of the field. And Tua has not answered the bell, at least in the past couple of weeks. And, now we'll and see. neither has McDaniel. So hopefully we right. can see him make some adjustments. That's what I was going to say. We'll see if they can make adjustments because that because we've been praising McDaniel. Well, now people are mm-hmm. onto what you're doing. So can you make an adjustment? Yeah. Brian, you mentioned before, I know we're coming up against it, but you mentioned so those two weeks the defense was well, just not the defense. Week six against Atlanta when they were banged up. Mm-hmm. They technically gave up 21, but the team gave up 28 with fumble return. And then against the Chiefs, right. where there's 44. So that's, what is that, 64, 72 points in those two weeks. You take that out, this team has only given up 125 points. In 13 games, or in, well, 11 in 11 games. games. Or 11 games, yeah. 11 games. So you're talking, take those two games 10, out. 10 I know they happen, but yeah, it was a rough couple a weeks. Take them out, 11.36. <laughs> I mean, just insane. Just absolutely Unbelievable. Dominant. In this day and age, so we'll see, man. You know what? We're I think we're feeling good. Like I said, this is was as excited as I've been in a game in a while. Maybe it was just putting it to Brady. Maybe it was just seeing Purdy 
come out of nowhere and doing this. Maybe it was just the fun of seeing this team click on all cylinders. I don't know what it was, but this game was as pumped up as I've been for a regular season game. And it's been a while, man, since I was that excited. I don't know yeah, if people feel that way, but it's been, yeah. it's been a while for me. And like I said, like, like we said, you know, it just, it, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, this kid just brings some level of excitement that, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't there. And I, and I think, I think there's a part of me that wonders if it's like, well, I mean, we don't have a choice, right? There, there isn't anyone else. Josh Johnson mm-hmm. isn't going to do anything right. And hopefully he doesn't have to play Thursday. Uh, but, but I, it, it feels more than that. It feels more than like, well, this is our only hope. It, it genuinely feels like you we've got fans that are, I mean, there are fans that are saying like, Hey, Brock Purdy, you know, quarterback of the future. And, and I said last, I said on our last episode, I am the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train. That does not mean that I think that Brock Purdy is the future of this franchise, but if he continues to play this way, I have no choice, but to think, Hey, maybe he is now. When was the last time we had a very exciting, very unknown quarterback come in and reel off five straight victories? That was 2017 with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And we all crowned him the franchise, right? And then they got that massive contract and then has struggled to live up to that. So that's there's a part of me that's like, I want to pump the brakes a little bit because I definitely was on that. Oh, we're we're winning multiple Super Bowls with this guy. Now, granted, did he get us to a Super Bowl? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but this team, this team is better than any team that Kyle Shanahan has had in his tenure in, in San Francisco. Loaded. They are one game out of the two seed, which I think is important to note because that could lead very well to uh, an NFC championship game in Santa Clara. Um, even the three seed could because there's still, there's still a path. There's still a path to to, to host multiple home playoff games, but the two seed makes that path even uh, more likely. So, you know, let's, let's continue. Let's the Vikings have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. I'm hard pressed to think that they'll lose, but they're also kind of a, a, a weird team. So I don't know the, the, the 49ers have the Seahawks this Thursday. Then I've, to me, their biggest test is Washington on Christmas Eve. And, and, and we'll get to that you know, a couple weeks down the road, but it's an exciting time here in 49er land and uh, I'm on board and, and I'm excited to talk about it twice a week, week in and week out. I love it. hundred percent, man. And we'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to record next, obviously with the Thursday game. So we'll do a little preview show. And is a kosh coming on? Did you say? Yes. As I say, we will have a kosh from uh, Niners nation and, and hopefully, hopefully our buddy Zane will be off IR by then. Yeah. Pumped to talk to a kosh too. He's always, he's always a good, Good 49ers guy and a great content guy. So he'll be great. He'll be great to have on. So, all right. So hopefully we'll have Zane back too. And let's go, man. It's a fun time to be a Niners fan. Let's go. For Brian, this is Al. Niners on three. One, two, three. Sports is an Odyssey company. 